Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl, Hey, it's AJ, Suburban Princess, with a departure from my normal venting, raving observations of games and frustrating trends going on right now, although the Phillies are doing pretty good for now. Um, it's still postseason, and we all know this is game one week of the NFL, so all we care about right now is the NFL. But for tonight's podcast, I decided to be my girly feminine self and give a shout out to all the hot men that are part of our 4 for 4 teams, as well as, you know, some honorable mentions that didn't get on my list. Um, originally, I was going to have this be a group effort, but I wasn't able to get my other contact to uh, contribute to the podcast, so... At this point now, I think that it's very important that anyone who listens to this podcast knows that Birds of a Feather talks about a various amount of issues outside of sports and inside of sports. Just for my sake, I felt like diverting and talking about the one thing that I love about athletes, and that's how fine they are. I made a list of, at first it was a top 15, but I realized I don't want to keep too many people Uh, listening to this podcast totally bored with the content so I decided to make it 10 and the reason why I felt like making it is just to celebrate you know the fact that a lot of these athletes try to keep themselves in shape on a daily basis you know to hone their craft and and win those awards if they get them and you know make those wins count like they need to and it gets to a point where you just kind of want to I don't know, just give them a boost. I mean, in social media now, you can kind of at your favorite player, whether they at you back or or follow you or just totally ignore you. Um, It's easier to put that love out and have them see it without it just being kind of like this empty uh, corporate thank you things that they give some of these players when they leave, you know, or when they get cut. Like as of recently, there have been a lot of cuts made in the last a day or two for players that didn't make the 53 roster in the NFL. So I decided as a female and me with my numerous years of crushing on several players, I decided, hell, I'm going to just list the ones that I think are hot in. Well, I would say no particular order, but it is a particular order to me. So I'm just going to start from the 10 and I'm just going to kind of vent a little bit about each player um, and why I put them on the countdown. So starting at number 10, Oh yes, I've decided to title this the top 10 Philly hottest athletes, according to AJ, the Suburban Princess. All right, so we're going to start at number 10. Someone who I've met several times when I was working at the link as well as just, I don't know, just seems to be around when I wanted to do things out in the city. And that is Mr. Brent Selleck. Mr. Brent Selleck, tight end for the Eagles, now retired and now a Super Bowl uh, winner. Um, He retired at the right time in his career because Lord knows Brent was always a very trustworthy tight end for all the quarterbacks that he's seen uh, play on his team and throw to him and who he's blocked for. And I think it's it's just totally underrated to not say that Brent is just a football player. He is he is going into real estate. He is uh, an entrepreneur. I know he's done some restaurant uh, investments. um, And I think that he. most likely will continue to be one of those visible alumni for the Eagles in certain events. I mean, you see him in a lot of events, especially when the Eagles went overseas last year for the London uh, game. He was pretty much being an ambassador all over the place, showing his face and putting that Eagle love out there. And just in general, when I was a worker and we had our end of the season parties, he was always one of the 
the few players that was able to hang around and sign every autograph or take a picture no matter how long he's been standing there and he's always just been very very approachable and sweet and I for one I wouldn't say save the best for last type thing but I would just say he's definitely going to be an OG in Eagle uh, alumni hotness because he is just simply a good guy and that alone is attractive he's now married with two kids and you know he looks very very happy and um, I'm just proud that he was able in his last year uh, as an eagle able to get a Super Bowl under his wings so and I'm very proud of him in general because I've watched him since he joined and he backed up LJ Smith um, who is also going to be appearing on my list um, he has also been quite um I don't know, just quite a positive force on every team that he's had and seen and every quarterback that he's uh, played with. So that's just an honorable mention, but I'm starting the countdown with Brent Selleck. So if you know who Brent Selleck is, you know who I'm talking about. And he's not exactly hard to look at. All right, so going to number nine, another alumni of the Eagles roster, uh, Todd Harriman's who is very, very well known now these days in his post uh, uh, Eagle career, which has probably been longer than five years now at this point. But Todd Harriman's was always a t- literally a tall drink of water, a very tall guy, dark hair, blue, uh, blue or green eyes, just very, very deep voice, very sweet, and always seems to make appearances on the radio to promote his latest uh, uh, venture, which is, is involving Uh, using CBD products, cannabis, uh, in order to, um, for wellness, uh, especially for players who are recovering from, you know, their numerous issues post NFL or even during the NFL. And he's promoting a line, uh, with another, uh, NHL player. And I totally forget his name, but forgive me, but he is venturing out in the business world in another way too, because right now, obviously the trend is to do a lot of natural products that appeal to a generation um, where politically eventually it's going to go in that direction because marijuana shouldn't even be illegal at this point. I think that honestly, more and more, I think the corporate world as well as the government officials have learned now we can make it profitable and hopefully it'll start a whole new movement uh, before, by 2020 that a lot of athletes can take advantage of and hopefully be able to repair even faster. Um, if you follow Todd Harriman's on Instagram, I think he's he just started using his Instagram a lot more. Um, he is definitely worth a follow because he promotes his business all over. And he's also grown out his hair, which I love. I love a man bun, especially on a guy like him because he's already attractive. And he played um, he played a long time for the Eagles, and I think, it, I think he retired as a Colt. Um, but I, I remember him primarily on the O-line guarding, and uh, he was a very, very useful tool um, in the... Uh, Philadelphia offense, but I think in anything, he's more memorable for just being that hot, cool, laid back dude um, who girls like me, every time you see them do a public appearance, it's like, hello. Um, he's, he's always on Preston and Steve every now and then, even if he's just hanging out. Um, he, all, he commentates every now and then on the morning shows and stuff. And, you know, especially when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, you know, like Brent Selleck always around. Um, and always giving his feedback and his opinions about the upcoming uh, team uh, about to play. And I feel that, I don't know, it's kind of obvious why I picked him right after Brent because both of them have always been kind of like very approachable once again um, and and, uh, profitable. I mean, they're learning how to have business post 
an NFL career and still keep their uh, their faces out there and, and, and making an impact in the community, you know, in and outside of Philadelphia. So, and um, I think Todd actually, I think he resides in Fishtown. I'm not sure, but I know he still lives locally. I don't know if Brent does, but I know that Brent's always coming through. So um, it's just good to know that these guys being Eagle players, and uh, even though they didn't get to win the Super Bowl, well, Brent did, but Todd didn't. Um, it's just good to know that they're still out there with the people and, you know, having their families. Todd has, I think he has two kids as well, too, and married. But um, watching his social media blow up more than it's ever been since he's retired is even more refreshing because you kind of get to see a little bit more of him. I think he always kind of kept a low profile in his personal life, which is fine. But with social media now, I think he's using it definitely as a tool to promote his business. And I hope it works well for him. And I hope it actually initiates a... I don't know, maybe an NFL mandate that maybe players can recover a lot faster if they look into this industry and have it not be um, put against them like some of this PED keeps getting a lot of players suspended. Um, hopefully it'll be something that they can use to their advantage and, and I don't know, keep keep guys longer on the teams as opposed to getting injured during preseason or, you know, or um, training camp. So you never know. Todd might be onto something, so I wish him well, but... He is definitely a hottie all the way around, and he is my number nine. All right, and number eight, we're going to baseball now. Chase Utley. Now, Chase Utley always has been, I don't know, very, very low-key about his private life. But I think eventually, the more and more the Phillies started becoming uh, successful and eventually, obviously, winning a pennant finally in uh, the World Series in 2008, Chase became a fixture that came became associated in a package that uh, also uh, involved Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, and uh, oh my gosh, Cole Hamels. <laughs> Duh. Uh, that whole team from 2008 to even like 2011 when it started to change um, has always been associated with Chase in the middle. Chase has always been that kind of reason that you remember that team and he's always been now he will always be known as the guy who cursed during the uh, World Series parade uh, presentation. Rubbed some older souls the wrong way, but I think in general everyone felt that that was probably the most Philly that you could ever be to just let the F-bomb drop like that out of nowhere. Now mind you, you know, those three days, especially a day after you win a major title in this city that seems to never win anything, um, you, you just kind of forget Days start blending together. You're just so happy. You're tired. You're happy for the players that they even got to experience it. Their family gets to be there. And then when it comes to that time of thing, it was like in the morning, you know, they had the presentation at Citizens Bank Park after the parade. And, you know, you're just happy. It's just like when I was in the Eagles parade, it was like they could, I mean, Jason Kelsey's speech is obviously going to be famous just because it's the very first um, impression you get from, um, from the players right after a you know, an amazing victory and something that no one ever thought they would ever see, especially in Philadelphia. And moments like that never bother me. I can understand why some people get pissed off, but you have to understand, especially when the women's soccer team just won and, you know, people had a problem with the way Megan was speaking. And I just looked at it like, well, <laughs> Megan probably never in her life thought she'd ever be in this position. And again, a couple days after a win, you know, they got you going, doing promo left and right, and you never really probably sleep. So, 
I say F-bomb dropping is not exactly a bad thing. Now, it'd be different if you used it more than once, then I'd be like, okay, <laughs> remember there are kids around. But if you say it accidentally, it comes out, whatever. It was exciting to hear it. It's exciting to hear the fans react. But Chase has also been a stud. And, you know, just from the wire, I've, I've just heard that he's he, he was always kind of undercover. But, you know, he, he had a couple of couple of flirts with some people locally and I think that I think that he's one of those people that you may think he's like standoffish or rude but I really think he just kind of knows his audience and I think he knows who he wants to really engage with and who he doesn't um he's rubbed some media members this the wrong way but I think in general Chase has always been quiet for a reason I think he just kind of always was just the guy who wants to play and that was it and so all the other stuff didn't naturally come with it with the media so I think that um, a lot of people to this day still look at Chase as just he'll always be that dude. And especially because when Harry Callis was alive, you know, that's how he uh, always remembered Chase as Chase is the man, you know, after his many home runs. And he obviously contributed to a major team that will always go down in history as the first ones that won the World Series in I don't know how long. And I think that, you know, with this generation, we kind of remember a lot of things now that we, you know, hold on to videos and retweet and, you know, pictures last forever. Um, Because this has been within the last, what, 11 years, I think it would always be remembered that Chase was always that guy that you knew he was trying to make his, uh, keep his team alive, you know, keep the wins going. He was always very productive. And when even when he retired and then, or even when he left, excuse me, the Phillies was traded to the Dodgers, I think people always wanted to keep him in their hearts because, you know, he felt and he played with his heart. And I think that, yes, this does get blown out of proportion in Philadelphia. I know we all expect our, you know, our players to be transparent, but not every player can be. But I think Chase was always that guy that he didn't really have to be outlandish or have to say too many things, but he just he just put in the work. And I think that's what people remember, just like Jimmy did, just like Ryan did. And I think forever that whole group will go down in history as pretty much the best team right now. Um, even with the Eagles winning, I think that uh, 2008 was the first of the celebrations of the beginning of like the winning strategy going through Philadelphia. And, and I will count Villanova because even though Villanova is not considered a city school, um, you know, Jay Wright's team won back-to-back uh, NCAA championships. So I'm very, I'm very proud to say that Philadelphia is slowly pulling out of the Negadelphia, you know, they're beyond winning type city. We're, we're becoming that city that's starting to finally get out of the victim mode and into the winning mode. So we're hoping that the Eagles can continue what they did uh, two years ago and uh, take us back into 2020 with a new reputation of winning. And therefore, I will move on to my next person staying in MLB uh, baseball world, JT Real Muto. JT, aka the best catcher in, in sports right now in the MLB, he has been none other than stellar on this Phillies team. Considering this 2019 team is not exactly uh, perfect and has been driving everybody crazy with, you know, a mediocre strain of wins and losses that haven't helped them solidify the NL East. But at the same time, they're also a team that won't die and uh, they seem to keep winning, whereas most of us probably, even myself, have assumed that they're pretty much out of it. 
uh, to get even close to a World Series this year. But um, they've had a lot of things go against them, but they also finally got a quality player in Bryce Harper. But JT Realmuto is on my countdown because, I don't know, he just doesn't seem like your typical your typical MLB player. I mean, considering he's, he's a catcher, for him to hit as many home runs as I've seen, to him to see him, like, get people out, you know, at second base as soon as they try to steal. I mean, he's done it so many times, and he's only here for a year, and I'm hoping that the, the Phillies do sign him and retain him because it would be stupid to let somebody like him of many talents walk. Um, and he's obviously another kind of chase type of personality, whereas he's very quiet, but he does the work. And when you do the work, people will love you for just for that. You don't have to always be the guy who gives a clever soundbite. You know, I think JT, his work speaks for himself. He obviously loves his family and he's just, he's just here to work. And I hope that he will also be the guy that will, I don't know, contribute to this team winning another pennant soon. If not this season, definitely in 2020. So JT Realmilto, obviously the initials, um, I meant to look it up what his initials mean, but I don't really care because every time I see his name, I think of uh, Justin Timberlake. So I always like to tweet, you know, he's bringing sexy bat, B-A-T, when he hits another uh, home run. Um, but shout out to him just because he's been a very, um, he's been a very uh, productive teammate on this 2019 team and we'll see what happens but the Phillies got at least a couple more weeks left of trying to slay the dragon we'll see how far it actually gets them um I'm not feeling too optimistic about them getting past uh the wild card or even getting the wild card at this point but stranger things have happened moving on my next soldier is someone who kind of I don't know brought activism to a whole new level and uh, he's an eagle, and his name is Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins is on my list because I just love a confident man, especially a man that knows how to dress, a man that knows how to speak, a man that only speaks when he has to speak. Um, Malcolm has been not only a very effective safety since being traded from New Orleans to the Philadelphia Eagles, he has been a man of many talents. And he's coming out now in a creative way by, you know, creating this line of suits and, you know, jazzy designs for his uh, Damari Seville line. And I, I just appreciate Malcolm on so many levels because I think that he, he walks the walk. You know, he, he's a very huge uh, activist in terms of criminal reform and trying to get people who are wrongly uh, put in jail out, trying to get them new lives. He's been making it a point since the Players Coalition started to, I don't know, just be be a breath of fresh air to those who are not, who are marginalized, obviously, and who are forgotten, especially those who have been treated wrong by police. Now, I transition into talking to that issue uh, being as to what the latest controversy was, is with the NFL deciding to do this whole Inspire Change initiative um, with social reform. Now, mind you, I already had a whole podcast of why this could and could not work but I do think Malcolm is one of those soldiers who will probably continue to do work on these very issues even when he's not um, an eagle anymore so that's why I feel like Malcolm needs to be on this list not only because he's a good looking black man but you know I think he makes the point to walk it like he talks it 
and that alone is sexy and definitely deserves to be on my countdown so shout out to you brother jenkins and uh i hope he continues to rock this year um i think it's his 11th season and hopefully when they do pay him because they better pay him um he will definitely make it worth every fan's while uh to get them back to another super bowl in the defensive world so i appreciate the safety thank you number 27 and now i'm moving on to someone who is another quiet but deadly athlete and someone who will probably have a mad explosion um, in this upcoming sixer season mr ben simmons ben simmons is someone who he started off coming off like he was just kind of this very quiet soul when he was on the Sixer squad. And being that him and both Joel and Bede were both injured for their first years together, um, or year together, um, you never really knew what to think of Ben right away other than the hype that kind of followed him. Um, very interesting that he was Australian, um, even though to me I never heard a lick of his accent until literally recently. I think I started hearing him say certain words in interviews and I was like, oh, that's right. He's not American. Um, Ben's just intriguing on levels that I couldn't even describe. And I think I'm basically putting him above Malcolm because hopefully this year that hype will be put to the test. And now that he has a guaranteed contract with the Sixers, um, all eyes will be on Ben this year to mature even more into a more, uh, multi-talented, Uh, point guard on the Sixers as well is not just one level like I feel like Ben will have to definitely show more depth to his game than being a great dunker and a great passer I think that as he gets older um, he's going to realize why all these people and media people were so hell-bent on the fact that he doesn't shoot Um, at the time I didn't even know what the big deal was but now I realize there were times during the last playoff run that Ben probably could have took um the attention off of Joel not being able to hang by hitting a few buckets. And I think that he he wasn't sure if he was supposed to do it or if he just was paranoid because he hadn't felt he practiced it enough. I don't know. But there were just moments of hesitation in Ben that I wasn't happy with in the last season. And I think that's why the complaints got louder because even after the year before when they literally got wiped out by the Celtics in the, in the, in the first round or second round, Um, I think this year the Sixers had it in the bag to go further, but I think those moments of hesitation and those moments where um, I think even Tobias became a little uh, small in their delivery, um, it didn't really help that Joel was sick, but Joel was still pushing through. I just think that a lot of the teammates on the team should have been able to uh, make up for the lost uh, energy that Joel wasn't able to provide had they just... I don't know, taking advantage of some opportunities. And I think that makes Ben more exciting because he is young and he is Australian and he has had a lot more controversy on his, I don't know, I guess on his reputation a little bit once it came out that he was dating Kendall Jenner at one point. And a lot of people thought that he didn't really connect with the Philly uh, audience. And then there was moments where he got booed last year and he wasn't used to it. So he kind of, you know, popped back at the fans, which... Sean Rodriguez learned on the Phillies, you just don't do that, especially when you're not doing well. Um, I think Ben has had a side of exposure to his quote unquote fame as a, as a, you know, a professional basketball player that he wasn't used to. And so I think it can only add to the growth of his professional 
and personal side. And I feel like now, regardless of what happens and who he dates or whatever, whatever, I think he's also slowly growing into his body. I think he's starting to get more thick and more muscular and taking care of himself. And I also think he's making it a point to show the world that he is trying to develop more to his game and add a jump shot, you know, and add a three pointer as well as his dunking. Um, I think he's making it a point to show the fans that I'm here to commit, you know, for the time that I'm, I'm here as a sixer to be better. So time will only tell, but I decided to put young Ben up there because I think it's kind of exciting that we get to watch his process and, um, him and Joel will learn from the past. I mean, obviously this past playoff loss was probably the most painful one because, you know, they, they pretty much seemed like a stacked team and yet they were still missing a lot of key players off the bench. And, you know, Joel, like I said, if he's not functioning well, the whole team doesn't really roll, you know, through him very well. And so that's why they couldn't finish what they started, but they still got further than they did the season before. But this season coming, it's all or nothing. They either make the play, they may either make the finals or they don't. And that's pretty much where I will be. uh, And what most people will be looking for, for this team in the future. Okay, moving on. Chris Long. Chris Long is now a retired Eagle. Um, Used to be a Patriot. Uh, I think he also played on the Rams. But he has been one of the most um, evolved uh, players on a professional and a a personal level that I've seen. Um, He's one of the sons of famous broadcaster Howie Long and, and retired NFL player himself. Chris Long has evolved as to not only being this guy that has great Twitter comebacks and um, a very, a very sexy self-awareness about himself. And obviously he's just attractive in general. Um, I think Chris Long made a lot of headlines today by not only winning the Walter Payton Award, but he's been winning awards just for his activism, his community service, his his uh, climb to Mount Everest for water boys, which he, he devotes his time to give clean water uh, to African development uh, countries that are underdeveloped. And just in general, I think he's trying to be a better human being. And I think that Chris Long alone has shown the world that not only can I play football, but I can care about my family. I can care about the world. I can care about the economy. I can care about citizens' rights. You know, he also is part of the Players Coalition. And he pointed out that a lot of the guys on on that squad do a lot more than just sit around and, you know, say they're working through the NFL. Um, some stuff that they do has no bearing on the NFL. And um, his most recent video demonstrated that to those who doubted that they were really doing anything with the funds that the NFL dispersed to them within the last two seasons. Um, Chris Long is a perfect example of a man who... Uh, again, like Malcolm Jenkins, obviously walks it like he talks it. And I think that he will be more of a voice now that he's retired because he too has also delved into uh, the promotion of uh, marijuana as well as or cannabis or however you choose to use it in a healthy way uh, to keep players to give another option as to using like, you know, supplements or anything that they seem to get uh, in trouble for, according to what's required as a player in the NFL. And what seems to be a trend of a lot of players getting suspended now because of what they're not or what they're putting into their bodies. So I think the natural route seems to be catching on a little slowly. And eventually the NFL will have to catch up because it's becoming um, a very, very financial gain 
in terms of business. So at some point, the NFL is going to co-sign, just like they finally decided to co-sign on some kind of level uh, with dealing with social change and uh, criminal reform, justice, or whatever they think they're trying to do with Jay-Z as their head. So I think at this point, it's only refreshing to know that someone like Chris Long is out there in the world, and that alone is what makes him sexy. And so now to my next player who I've loved since he became the tight end on uh, the Eagles, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has become a very well-rounded player, also a tight end, um, just like I was mentioning earlier with Brent Selleck. But Zach Ertz has grown leaps and bounds professionally and as well as Obviously, now he is a uh, Super Bowl winner. He has developed his game in ways that I don't think anyone thought he was capable of uh, maybe like five or so seasons ago. Um, it, at one point, I think a lot of people thought that Earth was going to be a flash in the pan and he wasn't going to make a difference. You know, people would pick on his game about how he couldn't block and how he's, you know, bailed himself out from getting hit and all this other stuff. And I think he finally listened to the criticism or at least heard enough to get him to kind of I don't know, change his whole game. And it just seemed like a new player emerged three seasons ago. And maybe it had to do with the fact that he, uh, I guess, recommitted his life to Christ about a couple seasons ago. And he joined uh, Carson Wentz in uh, Carson Wentz when he became a, uh, of the QB. He went with his movement that he currently uses now called AO1, um, Audience of One, um, which is Car- Carson's basically whole movement to community service as well as um, a faith-based uh, project uh, in which, you know, he displays his love as a Christian, as well as a love as trying to help people, um, through various ways, you know, through this food truck and everything. And I think Zach, as well as some other players joined on that whole bandwagon and therefore Wentz automatically kind of went into this whole other category of a quarterback. And I think obviously his presence rubbed off on a lot of some, a lot of the players, especially Zach. So I don't know if maybe that has anything to do with maybe Zach's total transformation uh, professionally, but his personal life became obviously uh, more known once he married Julie Ertz, who became one of the uh, faces of the U.S. women's soccer team that have won multiple championships. And now with Zach finally getting a Super Bowl under his wing, the big question is, is he going to get another one to match Julie's two? Because at this point now, girls pretty much rule this year and they rule the sports world. And I think Zach has a lot on his shoulders to not only prove that that Super Bowl win was not a fluke and that he did catch that touchdown pass, um, but I think he also wants to prove to the city of Philadelphia that he wants to be here as long as he can. And I, for one, am thankful because Lord knows Zach has changed in, in, in so many good ways as professional as a eagle, as well as just a person. I feel like physically he looks even stronger. He looks way hotter. And not that he never wasn't attractive, but I just feel like he is just even more manly. You know, he's in love, he's married. You know, I feel like he totally 360 from when he was kind of this, you know, unsure tight end years ago. And I think now he's kind of literally put his name on the map. And now him and Julie, to me, have become like, you know, the king and queen of Philadelphia. And uh, just this this year alone, uh, media has pr- pretty much put Zach and, and Julie out there uh, to define, <laughs> you know, the, the ideal sports couple in Philadelphia. And it's kind of cool because I don't think we've ever had like 
you know, a king and queen of Philly, you know, other than Will Smith used to be kind of like the face of Philadelphia years ago. I think now Zach Ertz has uh, come out as not only just a guy who plays football, but he's definitely slowly getting his Ertz Foundation and his kind of brand out there uh, to help children and encourage children. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing about Julie having a child soon, if not, you know, post a soccer career or maybe after see what happens next year. Supposedly Zach Ertz is uh, up to uh, up to renew his contract or extend his contract or <clears throat> he's due to get a big payday and. You know, the rumor has it some people don't think that the Eagles will pay him anymore, but we'll see. I mean, I think that Zach has put himself out there. And now with the addition of Dallas Goddard, I think that Zach has definitely has a backup that if anything happens to him physically or if whatever, you know, he doesn't get as many snaps as he did last season, um, Dallas can back him up. So, you know, could be Zach's replacement, could be Zach's last year or two as Eagle, but while he's here... I have appreciated watching him grow and just kind of like Ben Simmons, he's definitely developing into a a very attractive, very likable, um, very well-rounded personality. So that Zachert's shout out there to number 86. Now we're getting to the top three. Okay, yum, yum, yum. Jimmy Butler. I put Jimmy Butler this high because one, he's always been in the NBA and been a, a force to reckon with. Um, controversial on some levels, you know, kind of a hothead, supposedly the rumor. Um, I am sad that he's no longer a sixer, but I think he might've had his reasons. Um, I personally thought he just didn't get along with Brett Brown. Um, and I also just think he wants to be on a team that's his team. And I think when he came here, I think he just felt kind of like this middle guy who was trying to, you know, blend Joel and and Ben and all the other players together and I don't think it was always a fit at times it was an exciting postseason though obviously with Jimmy here Jimmy made some very cool shots and some very cool dunks actually um but Jimmy Butler has always been known as that very fiery guy but I think it's because he has an an increasing amount of passion for being uh the best basketball player he can be I think that pretty much the media got a sniff of him this year, knowing that all he wants to talk about is basketball. You know, he doesn't put his personal life out there. He's never, I don't think he's really even been asked about a girlfriend or anything. Um, I think that he's just, again, like Chase Sutley, just a worker. I think he just, his work speaks for itself and he's been bouncing around from team to team. Um, hopefully the heat is his last stop, but I was hoping he was going to finish out um, his next couple of years with the Sixers. But um, the Sixers will see them again, and when they come and, and, and play them against in October, Mike Scott made a point to put it out there that people boo him. I personally wouldn't boo him. Um, I respect Jimmy Butler from the beginning since he was in Chicago, and I think that he's a very cute, very, uh, he's a smart guy, and I think what people don't get is he's not very, um, he's not your typical guy. Like, he's very... I don't think he's strange. I just think he's, uh, he's unique. And I think his personality doesn't always rub certain people the right way. And again, kind of like Chase, he just kind of does his own thing. And I think because a lot of people didn't feel like Jimmy embraced Philadelphia, that it kind of made sense that he didn't stay. Um, but I never wanted to analyze him to death. I just always thought he was just really cool. And I I do think he's attractive. And I think that also he could be a little arrogant, but I don't think in a bad way. I think in a way that he just, he just knows what the hell he wants to do when he has the ball. 
and you know you just got to get out of his way I think he was also willing to work with the Sixers because I think he did respect Embiid I think he did respect Ben I think he respected his team um and not saying if he did didn't get along with Brett Brown that he didn't like him I just think that uh the way they thought game-wise strategy there were times that it kind of looked like Jimmy wasn't always that happy with what Brett Brown was trying to scheme and you know I can understand that so I put Jimmy up that high because, you know, he's kind of, again, like an OG of the game. And I respect how long he's been in the NBA. And I understand his hunger to want to be on a team that he can work with. But, you know, I don't know what the Heat is going to do now. I don't know who's even on the team besides him now. I know that the rumor is he's trying to get, um, is he trying to get Bradley Beal? He's trying to get somebody big else on his team so that, you know, he kind of has like, you know, his go-to guy. Um and I'm sure anyone who's listening to this probably knows and I'm just forgetting, but mind you, this is just about sexy players. This is not about stats. So I, I wish luck to Jimmy in, in Miami. I mean, I would go to South Beach too if I had a chance between being there and being in this cold weather. Yeah, I would rather be. I mean, he was in Minnesota before Philadelphia, so I'm sure if he has a chance to be in a warm climate, I would take it too. So I say, hey, Jimmy, you're sexy, you're smart. Um, I wish you luck in Miami, bruh, but yeah, I'm with Mike. I'm not exactly going to be on your side when you're here in Philly, but I am not going to boo you. If I was at a game, I would not boo you. So moving on. Thank you, Jimmy. To the man that I just described earlier, talking about booing Jimmy, the man who has literally stolen my heart this, this summer, because he literally seemed like he came out of nowhere. Um, Mike Scott, Mike Scott. I'm definitely... I have a bad crush on this year. Um, Something about him is very, he has a lot of charisma. He's very funny. He's um, laid back. Uh, He has two adorable kids. One that he puts on his Instagram a lot and can dance all night apparently. And then a little gorgeous little girl. And uh, so that pretty much I knew from the door, he obviously wasn't going to be single, but He's very sexy in a way that I guess makes me feel at home for some of the guys that I guess I used to like growing up that probably never was going to date me or probably never was really feeling me, but they can appreciate me. Um, So he kind of reminds me guys that I kind of, I guess, went to high school with and just never, just never got a chance to date. So, and just with the emoji tattoo, you know, sensation, I think that alone is another reason to like Mike Scott. Um, the fact that he even went that far with his tattoos that he put emojis on him to his body. Now, mind you, he's thinking about getting another one. The rumor is that he's put out on Twitter. Um, his back is, is, is quite empty. So I'm sure his back is probably where the rest of them are going to go. Um, and he's just, he, he made a key, key shots in the last, uh, few weeks of the postseason. I mean, well, the regular season before they got to the playoffs, um, coming off the bench on the Sixers squad that, uh, made him definitely very appealing and, uh, him coming with Tobias and, uh, Boba Marajovic, I think is the pronouncing name. Anyway, them coming together, uh, on the squad this year was fun, but it obviously wasn't going to last as far as all three of them staying. Um, there was a point obviously when the season ended that a lot of people assumed that Tobias wouldn't stay and that Jimmy would. And Mike seemed to be the only person that was never a doubt that would come back. Um, I think Mike did appreciate the fact that people kind of fell in love with his personality. Um, 
and he just made a lot of key shots out of nowhere that no one would have thought. And, you know, his nickname from coming from the Clippers was the regional manager because he knows when to hit his threes. Now, mind you, there were also moments where he, you know, didn't really help out as much or when he was delayed with the injury with the plantar fasciitis um, that kept him on the sidelines. It kind of it, it kind of faded away in the postseason for him to really shine. But like it or not, his personality became more of the story than his play. And hopefully this year now with him and Tobias returning, um, they'll both be able to kind of solidify their roles that they started to kind of show through um, last season. I think a lot of the guys were trying to get used to the new spacing that they had with all these extra, you know, arms in there and feet. But the problem was a lot of guys were starting to lose their confidence in the team because they didn't know where they, their roles were. And I think that's why at times I think the energy and the chemistry didn't work. But it's a new season, and I think now we know, Joel knows what he's got to do physically to keep himself in shape. Ben knows where he needs to grow his game. Um, Tobias knows where he belongs now as a shooter. And Mike definitely knows if he can start with the team, he will start. But he also is cool with coming off the bench. And uh, for a guy that signed a two-year deal, I'm very glad that he's staying in Philadelphia. I definitely enjoy him. This summer, he's decided to do random stuff to give back to the community. He's showed up at a wedding. You know, he pops up at um, interviews on radio. He's just everywhere. He gave ice cream to kids recently and at the art museum. Um, he did an appearance at Mitchell and Ness. And he's done, he's probably doing more stuff right, you know, behind the scenes that we don't even know yet. But he's basically deciding to make Philadelphia his home and make the hive, which is us crazy fans, his friends. So I'm fine with being a friend, but I do think he is one of the sexiest guys I've, I've ever seen um, and a basketball player. And I don't, I don't even know exactly how to describe what makes him so different, but he just is. And I think any person that embraces Philadelphia is instantly loved in our eyes. But I personally, this was my top, my top 10 hottest and he is number two because he emulates a little bit of who my number one is. And I will say this number one is number one for a reason, because he defines what Philly athletes are supposed to be. And that is cool as hell, productive as hell, and ballsy as hell. And that's Allen Iverson, AKA AI, who I just witnessed at this past Fan Fest at Xfinity Live two, two Sundays ago in person and the fact that this man still gets emotional seeing all the fans wanting to see him and cheer him on is even more uh endearing than anything i mean this man has been through a lot you know he finally got inducted into the nbl nba hall of fame um rightly so he was our mvp he still is our mvp no matter what um he has just become an all-around hip-hop sim symbol um, without even being a rapper, um, even though we know he attempted that. Uh, he's been he's been a father to a bunch of kids that obviously have learned from him uh, what to do and what not to do. Um, and, and probably his sons will probably somehow uh, follow in his footsteps on certain levels. And his daughters are gorgeous. And I think he's still with his ex-wife, Tawana. So I think that through thick and thin... AI has pretty much lived his life the way he's wanted to live it. 
Now, I'm sure he does have some regrets in how his career ended, but everyone knows that he influenced a lot of the style that some of these uh, up-and-coming players emulate with their hair, with their clothes, with the wanting to be, you know, let their work stand for itself, you know, with that FU attitude kind of. But Allen always wasn't original. He was never trying to be like anybody else. He couldn't help it. You know, he's from Virginia. He was country boy. He just kind of got into trouble without even trying to. And then, you know, had people around him who wanted to steer him right. So I think that his story alone in all the documentaries and in all the, you know, specials that people have on Allen, to this day, he is always going to be the most intriguing figure in Philadelphia sports. And I know for one, I am very glad that he is, I don't know, that he's a sixer. He's a sixer for life. You know, no one can deny him. He has been the most successful sixer. Um, He's definitely up there with Doc and Moses and uh, Wilt because he had his own way of doing things and he had his own style of play. And to this day, there are people that emulate him, that look up to him and do, you know, kind of bite his style. But he knows that and he also knows they respect him. And and if they don't, they should because he may not have been perfect. You know, there have been plenty of stories of his behavior outside of uh, basketball. But I think all in all, he definitely played with a passion that was undeniable. And uh, granted, I didn't I agree. I didn't like the way his career went out. I mean, I wish he had just retired a sixer instead of getting traded or, you know, even attempting to play for other teams. But You know, sometimes it's hard for the guys to kill that desire that has always been in them to play uh, basketball. And I think with Allen, it was more than just a passion. It was a it was a drive that he couldn't control. It seemed to always govern his life and it seemed to kind of have a reputation before he even had a reputation. So I think that he kind of had to just go what God blessed him with. And at the same time, he also lost a lot as he went along. Uh, You know, he lost friends. You know, he he kind of at times lost the respect of the media, but he quickly got it back when he got humbled and he got older. And I think seeing him very emotional at the Fan Fest a couple weeks ago just made me realize that he is very, very, very moved, knowing that no matter what he's done wrong in his life, there will always be examples of what he's done right. And his fans will always remind him that he is still the best. And that alone makes him sexy because he's aware of his ups and downs. And I think he does his best to still be him, but yet still be a a lot more evolved as a human being. And that's all you can ask for. I mean, he's a ball player. You can't expect him to be a politician. (laughs) But he's always been the sexiest. He's always had the sexiest brown eyes, the sexiest lips. But whether he's not tall enough, who cared? I mean, the majority of the time you saw him next to the other ball players, he always was shorter. But I don't know. He just always oozed sex appeal to me. And I always loved his teeth because he didn't have no jagged teeth. You know, he just always had, he just always was attractive to me. And I think his burning confidence and his ability to play is really what stood out. And really is probably what made him very sexy is because he was passionate about what he did and he lived and died by it. So that is my list. Sorry if this was too long for anyone who's listening, but Think about every person that you idolize or in my case, have a crush on and just realize that every person I described here for my top 10 makes sense in ways that, you know, maybe you didn't think about. 
So the next birds of a feather, we definitely will delve back into a co-ed edition. Um, I've touched base with my partner, co-ed, <laughs> co-ed Ed, and uh, he's been busy, but he will slowly uh, get back together with me this week. And we'll talk about our upcoming game one excitement and the start of the NFL season. And uh, I guess we might even delve into even a little few fantasy picks to see what we're riding with this year. Because I know for me, I'm sticking to draft draft kings because I can't stay with the same player for a whole season. I just can't. So that's just me. But thank you for listening. If you were still listening, I hope all these top 10 men either made you salivate or made you kind of laugh or made you kind of go, what? Why would she think? Look, this is what AJ does. This is how AJ do. Thank you for listening to Birds of a Feather. AJ the Suburban Princess. I'm out and I will talk to you soon. Take care.